And she says, of course, you should dismiss this as something most men do. No big deal. As long as he loves you, treats you well with kindness and respect, what do you care? Besides, after you're married, the Playboy magazines may disappear. Why? Why Why would they disappear? (laughs) I'm married now. Is he going to send in a postcard like, sorry, boys, I'm out? Welcome to Hey You Know It. My name is Jaquetta Sotmar, and I'm here with my co-host, Katie Kazmier. Hey You Know It is a podcast that tells you how it is or how it should be. You can listen to Hey You Know It on iTunes, a new episode every Monday. And here they are, Jaquetta and Katie. Okay, I'm kicking off with some advice on advice. You oh, know, it's a cool. segment that we do where we find advice on the internet that stinks. And it's unqualified. And we improve upon it by giving our advice on advice, hence advice on advice. So this is from Dr. Tracy, but this is classic Tracy. Oh, okay. This is from 1996. You mean Tracy's been dishing it out since 96? At least since 96. At oh least. my God, that's that's over yeah. 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, when time um, were simpler. The 90s were a time where um, everybody was making you money. Could, yeah, and, and you could harass a woman. No right. problem. So what's you know? the, what happened? What's the, what's the so agony? This is, um, so I'll just tell you, there are three columns here. I'm just going to do one, but just to give you a sense of the 90s. The first one is titled, Is Reading Playboy Normal? <laughs> the second one is The Past Poisons is the Present. And the last one is Involved with Her Married Boss. So I'm going to go oh. with Is Reading Playboy Normal? Okay. <laughs> and I love this because the idea of what you can see nowadays versus what you could see even in just 1996. Yeah, because remember, there was uh, really no internet. Nobody it was, was slow. You were, you were waiting forever for the line by line. Mm-hmm. for the picture to emerge and then pop-ups would happen right um, remember everybody there were no cell phones either so oh that's right I, I, maybe some real i think some really really wealthy people had them but the cell phones were like the size of a small car right right so this <laughs> is the a, car phone kind of setting the stage because sometimes when we yeah. talk about these things we start thinking yeah they were looking on their phones they were not because there were no phones. no they were not and people um, really didn't I, have pc like we were just starting to get pcs at home i remember i had a, i got an email address um in like 1994 maybe okay and there was no one to email yeah <laughs> It was like the people who I would email would be the people who I saw every day if they had an email address, which they did not. (laughs) No one really saw the point. And I'm not going to tell you what my email address is, but it's very 90s, right? That was when you could get your name. Uh You know, you could get something cute. You could get something cute or the name of a character, you know, like Smurfette, that kind of thing. Yeah. And that's what you Uh, wanted. And everybody had like, yeah, these, these creative names and yeah. it was and you like, didn't have to put a number behind your name yeah but now everyone right. puts their name in the address because who can remember what like did I really remember yeah. that Jaquetta Smurfette yes Jaquetta Smurfette <laughs> underscore hey and, at AOL.com <laughs> yeah. and I'd be like, like who's address? the dark lord 72 exactly oh and what about dark lord 73 yeah <laughs> underscore uh so here's dr tracy dear dr tracy i have met the most wonderful man on earth 
and he meets all of your requirements about being a good mate. So I looked this up. Dr. Tracy has a couple of pages of what makes a good mate and mm-hmm. uh, what you should avoid. Okay. Right? Um, so this person meets all the requirements about being a good mate, but there's one problem. Last week I was at his apartment alone and I stumbled across a stack of current Playboy magazines. Oh, dun, dun, dun. a stack, Ugh. a stack. All right. Should I be worried about this? Is it normal for guys to do even when they say they love you and you think they enjoy the sex with you? Why do guys have these magazines? I never even want to look at another man nude. What should I do? Should I just dismiss this as something that men will do? Signed, worried. Oh, my God. So this is a Playboy magazine. So in 1996, those of you who are are a little bit older, today that stuff is probably what you would see in, like, any network. It's soft, very, very soft. I, I hesitate to call it pornography. It's nudes. Yeah, it's With basically a soft focus. right. Someone has draped her her lovely body over like a chaise yes. lounge, or yes. is like leaning against a car. Yep, they and may be can, wearing socks and shoes. Right, and you may see a whisper of hair mm-hmm. and yep. breasts. That's it. Yeah, yeah it wasn't uh, what they would call graphic. Right, right. Um, you probably see more exciting stuff now on the beach. Yeah. Like sexier. Yeah. Um, than you would see in an old Playboy magazine. And the look of the women is very traditional, very basic in a way. Yeah. All right. So nothing really that interesting. Right. Um, never a tattoo. Right. Or... It was always the girl next door, right? That's mm-hmm. what Playboy's thing was. So it was just like a play on what the the, yeah. you know, the male mind thought was wholesome. Like Yes. And Apparently, everyone that lived next door to stables or to a gym, <laughs> because these were the girls next door. So it was, it was, you know, if you showed it to young men and women nowadays, they'd be like, "I'm sorry, is this pornography?" Yeah, and usually the woman was standing like with like it was a side view, and she turned from yeah, the it was page. a three quarter or something. Like, yeah, oh, so you'd see there like, you are. Yeah, like oh, so you see like a cheek, like part of yeah. a cheek and a hip. And, yep. and it was very, it was very composed and they were pretty. And I put that in quotes. Do you know what I mean? Like the scenes were pretty. Yeah. Um, so, and in 1996, I don't remember a lot of guys reading Playboy. They did, but I didn't think it was scandalous. I don't know if you did at that time. It was your basic. It was kind of like we thought, well, we know guys did, but we didn't really talk about it very much. Yeah, we didn't care. It was like, okay, so he's reading the Playboy, like, yeah. whatever. Um, so, dear worried. So, first of all, I would say, this in the context of 1996, like, yeah, a lot of guys have magazines. Why do they have them? Because uh, they want to look at naked women, and those were very hard to see in 1996, right. apparently. Right? You couldn't just download it. There wasn't a lot of stuff on TV. People were still, I think, trying to rent or ordering DVDs of porn. Right. Like it was very, or sorry, VHS. No, no DVDs, right? DVDs of porn. Um, And this woman is like, I never want to look at another nude man, which you'd be hard pressed to find a young woman saying nowadays. Right, right. Exactly. Right. (laughs) Like I never want to look at another nude man. So dear, uh, dear worried, unless your guy is totally obsessed 
with Playboy, Hustler, Chic. I don't remember Chic. Chic. C-H-I-C magazine. Chic. Chic. Okay. Yeah. I don't. And strip clubs. Unless he's totally obsessed with these things, he's perfectly normal. I hardly know any single guys who haven't read a bunch of Playboy magazines. He could be reading the interviews or in-depth articles, which they were pretty good. Um, Mm -hmm. And he could also be looking at pictures of naked women. So what? There are pictures of naked women everywhere. In great art, on television, in movies, and in magazines. Men are turned on by what they see, pictures. Women are turned on by words. Although Playgirl magazine would claim otherwise. Now, we've mentioned Playgirl before. In 1996, Playgirl still existed. It no longer exists. Um, And she says, of course, you should dismiss this as something most men do. No big deal. As long as he loves you, treats you well with kindness and respect, what do you care? Besides, after you're married, the Playboy magazines may disappear. Why? Why Why would they disappear? I'm married now. Is he going to send in a postcard like, sorry, boys, I'm out? Yeah, I could see him like looking at the stack and putting his hand above it where like there's a shot of the wedding ring. And he thinks, it's time for you ladies to go. Yeah. It's been fun, gals. Yeah. Hit the road. Or worse, pass them on to someone, which I always thought was gross because, you know, come on. Um. Or it says the Playboy magazines may disappear. And by the way, she's Playboys in all caps. Or when you feel more secure and less threatened, you could find that you enjoy reading Playboy as well. Oh. <laughs> if, if you can't beat them, yeah. join them. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> if everything else is great, a few magazines is nothing to make a big deal about. If a few Playboys are your only problem, you're in great shape. Dr. Tracy. She should say things like, don't you listen to the men when they tell you why they read it for the articles? Yeah. Yes. People used to always say that, oh, why I read Playboy for the articles. Why not just say it? You're looking for the centerfold. Like that's what's in there. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I guess, you know what? Um, when you were talking about the movie rental facilities, people would, would, <laughs> I like the idea of a movie rental facility. Where is your nearest movie rental facility? In this <laughs> like your Blockbuster or whatever it was at the time. They, you know, they had like local ones. Oh, this that's right. Yeah, Blockbuster. Video. So yeah. It, it, they were just like, you know, whatever the name of your town was, you, you could have the video store. Well, we have one above Suds and Soda. It was a gas station and they had a video rental. Ooga at the top. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like those those VHS tapes, like they would kind of they would get old, and so there was a time when the store owners would have to pull them from the shelves. Um, so they'd box them up, and men could buy a whole box, like bulk porn. Yep, and it's just did, like take you know here's a flat fee for the box, take the box. But and did you know what you're getting? Is it nope. like damn it? It's like ten copies of Home Alone and one porn about feet. Yeah, basically. No, it was like if it was all, they wouldn't put like porn in with, with mainstream shows. Okay. So they, I mean, porn would go into one box. So if you want a box of porn, you don't know what you're getting. A box of porn. I love that. Yeah, give me four boxes. Four, it's going to yeah. be a rough weekend. <laughs> and so, the, you know, you buy a box. These guys would buy a box and use it to stock their home library. Wow. Yeah. And you know what? I was too young to go to the houses of dudes because the guys I was dating were they're young also. I never saw anyone's 
VHS collection of porn. Yeah, well, they're not going to put it out there. You're not going to see the titles, too. You know. But I mean, like, you know, when you go to like this one, you go to a guy's place, you snoop around. Right, boobs on parade. You know, not (laughs) (laughs) boobs on parade eight. (laughs) They're going to have that, you know, locked up somewhere so nobody sees. Now you don't have to worry about that because everything is is digital, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I. So after looking at this, I was like, hmm, Playboy magazine, right? Don't know much about it. Know even less about Playgirl magazine. So I did a little research. And Playgirl magazine started in 1973. And it was supposedly a response to, and I don't know who was asking for this response, but it was a response to erotic men's magazines, like Playboy, Penthouse, Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. But it was started by a dude. Oh. Yeah. And then sold to another dude. Um, the magazine covered issues like abortion, women's rights, and they were interspersed, it says, between sexy shots of men. <laughs> so, yeah, you really you want to read about reproductive health issues next to a nude guy. Mm-hmm. Why not? Um, the last issue was in 2016. So basically, um, in the original Playgirl magazine, which is no longer available, um, it used to have am- an amateur model section called Real Men. Oh. Also known as Snapshots. And any dude could just send in, you know, a picture of himself. Were they um, full frontal? No, they didn't do They did some full nudes. They didn't do that many. Okay. They also did some celebrity skin. Okay. As well. But these are celebrities that I had to Google because we're too young to have appreciated that these guys um, did nudes. So as Playgirl was going on, people were into it at first. It was interesting. But then, you know, people had different opinions about what, about pornography, about they didn't want to address lesbian issues. They didn't really want to get too much into the feminism stuff. And then eventually in the 2000s, after it had been sold a couple of times, it was just being used to charge people's credit cards and they got done for fraud. (gasps) And I remember hearing about that. So it was the kind of thing that women or, well, 30% of their readership was gay men, Mm. which they openly acknowledge. Um, Other people say it was 50%, but it was for women and gay men. And so basically when they were started taking credit card payments in the early, in the late nineties, early two thousands, I guess they were just charging the shit out of people. Wow. So here's someone who's just trying to get, you know, some playgirl action. Yeah. And they're yeah. getting charged month after month. They ended up being a huge indictment. The guy, there was conspiracy charges. Like there was like a takedown, all this kind of stuff. Um, then in 2010, they said they were going to relaunch with a print edition. And on the cover was Levi Johnston. I don't know if you remember this guy. It is Sarah Palin's daughter's baby daddy. Okay. And yep. two-time ex-husband. Right. <laughs> he He was on the cover. Oh, of the of the of like the basically the last the play last, girl. the last play girl. Oh my god, mm-hmm. what yep. a way to go so, out! Yeah, so the original play girl had the real men section. It also had the man of the year issue. Uh, it had a country issue for country men. I guess oh. rural men. Oh, and they also had a campus hunks edition. <laughs> um. They offer at one point they offered the prince Prince of Wales, Prince Charles, forty five grand to appear nude as a centerfold. He said no. This was oh. in nineteen ninety. 
He should have been thrilled. Yes, he should have been flattered, and he should have done it. They also did a nude spread uh, called The Men of Enron. Oh, my God. In which some of the men, the former employees at Enron, quote, unquote, lose their shirts. Oh, God. That's pretty funny. Actually, when when the magazine started in the 70s, it was, you know, regular guys by towards the 90s or as the magazine, you know, continued to publish, they became more and more muscular over time. Um, There were play there were playgirls in other countries in Germany and France, Australia, the Netherlands, the UK, South Africa, Brazil and Russia. Uh, apparently Russia was scandalized when they put a nude circumcised man in the centerfold. Scandalized. (laughs) Yes. By a circumcised nude man. Oh God. Um, yeah, they had some celebrity, like they had centerfolds. They only had a couple of issues where there was full frontal nudity. Um, and some of the guys who were in it were Fabian was in it apparently. The singer. Wow. It's a name yeah. you don't hear every day. George Maharis, who was in Route 66. These are like really old timers. And then Peter Lupus was a bodybuilder and he was in Mission Impossible. Okay. So uh, then I so, was just thinking about like bodies. Yeah. The people didn't really work out for muscle tone. It was a very no. segmented population that did that. Yeah. And a lot of celebrities, they just were, were fit, you know, fit. Yeah. So they would come and and also Jim Brown was in it as well. I think he was fully nude. Okay. So yeah, that's Playgirl magazine. It's 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 defunct. The name seems to be owned, but there's not a lot of um, you know, a lot of call for this right now. Can I give my advice on this advice? Sure. My advice to the the woman is don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Basically. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. It's a non-issue, right? Yeah. Yeah, you got no. I would definitely. I, I I would say check the Playboys out though. Why not? Yeah, she's probably has never seen a Playboy and is is imagining that there's something in there that's more graphic, or um, you know, it, yeah, graphic. Out there. Is, yeah, something that yeah. is. is uh, but she, she might find that the women in there look like her. Hey, I'm go- Oh, okay. Yeah, I think back then it was still people were still fairly naturalistic looking. Right. Yes, there was not a lot of um, specific yeah. grooming going on. We didn't. The augmentation was more yeah. naturalistic. Right. There not very many people. It was just really a boob job was the only thing that was going on. Yeah. Um, there was <laughs> a friend of mine back in the early nineties. Her husband had a workshop, and he apparently like. <laughs> like just wallpapered the whole place with centerfolds just from all the magazines. Just oh, all God. centerfolds. And, and um, I came over one night. Now, this is a very young, this is a young adult Katie Casimir. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And keep in mind for people who are younger, like this was not an unusual thing to go into a workshop, um, car garage, yeah, and see centerfolds up, several. But the paper, the whole thing is extreme. Yes. But the thing was, he was like, don't let Katie in because there is one that really looks like Katie. Just the face looked like oh, no. my face. <laughs> like put on this like, centerfold body. But he's like, I don't want her to see. She should have put a Mr. Yuck sticker over it. Just been like, oh, nothing to see here. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, oh, my God. Um, so, 
yeah, I was like, that kind of like freaked me out at that. I was like, I don't want to see, I don't want to know. <laughs> I, th- I think Playgirl, or not Playgirl, sorry, Playboy, it was a big deal when they had a woman of color as a centerfold. Yeah. Or just in the magazine. Because obviously, you know, a Latinx or a woman of African descent is super sexy and, you know, would blow the lid off of a Playboy. That's right. But it was a, it was a big deal. It was a pretty tame magazine. It was, for sure. Playboy. All right, what do you have? You're listening to Hey, You Know It with Jaquetta Sotmari and Katie Kazmir. We're telling you how it is and how it should be. have secret gyms can I tell you okay. secret gyms secret gym like a workout gym a workout gym yeah oh I thought you said gems I was like all right yeah, this but is, that's good too this is what's going <laughs> you know my secret gym is that like a secret lover that Jay I don't know yeah, yeah. This, is the, this is the workout facility okay. so um there was this woman she she's she won't give her real name and she said she was gonna walk into like a um uh, like a town, um, like a, what do you call it? Like a a courthouse or something like that. You know, something where she had a, <laughs> she had her backpack, and they were like, "Oh, you know, you can't bring that in there. You got to put it somewhere." So she okay. was looking for a safe place to stash it, and she caught and she her eyes caught a gym storefront with one of those garage style rolled down metal doors, and it was a little bit open. So she ducked in and she was like, I got to find a place to stash my bag because I have to go back in there, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, I get it. Like she was going into an official building and yeah. they wouldn't let her bring her belongings. Yeah, in. Okay. yeah. And so she, you know, she, she walked in and she noticed a guy working out and he was training. And there was another group of guys using the exercise machines. And it they was freeze. Like, what? Did they freeze when she walked in? Like oh. pretty much so, because this is during the pandemic, and she was like in official clothing. She was like in a, a business suit because she was. Oh wow! Court. And they were they were startled and they were looking at her, and she was just like, "Um, I need to just store my backpack somewhere. I'm just you know." And it, and it, one of the trainers is like, "Oh, we're not open, but everybody's working out." <laughs> like guys lift pumping serious iron there's music on there's tank tops and chalk it's not happening he's like yeah we're we're closed yeah we're closed nothing is happening here nobody's working out here nothing to see here and there's definitely nowhere to put yourself like a locker in the locker room or anything like that because that's closed too yeah so she discovered what they were calling like a speakeasy gym and this is (laughs) what's the what is the code to get it it's like arnold and all right let him in yeah (laughs) Let them in. Yeah. These underground gyms appear to be popping up everywhere from LA to New Jersey. Um, wow. Yeah. So people are like, they go to Reddit and they're like, does anybody want a home partner gym or Nova speakeasy gym? Um, you know, New Jersey is not going to stop working out. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, the, summer is always coming. Yeah. And so somebody posts that there and they're like, oh, that's exactly what a cop would say. <laughs> so. <What? laughs> That's exactly what New Jersey PD would say. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's what they're working on right now. There's, there's, because there's nothing else going on. So this is, so this is kind of an, an example of like prohibition and how prohibition doesn't stop people from doing anything. It just drives it no. underground. Yes, and it's driven pumping iron underground. Yeah, and that- I wonder if they're like sneaking equipment in, like waiting till midnight to get a bench press in the back. Yeah, <laughs> 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 you know. And then there's this another woman is being interviewed about this in the article, and she won't give her name because she doesn't want to be labeled a snitch. Because um, you know what happens to snitches. Yeah, but after like this is in Arizona, and after the governor shut everything down, she got a text from the, a, her gym owner. Um, she was a regular there and she was friendly with him. So he was like, Hey, psst, the gym is still open. You could come back. Um, and she knew the gym was, she knew the gym was ignoring state orders, but she said one of the few things that kept her sane was going to the gym. So she tried to exercise from home. She found it too expensive or impossible to get the the right equipment. Everything's back ordered. Um, Stuff was really, we had an issue with that and we jumped on buying some home gym stuff right away and it took a long time to get it yeah yeah because everybody started ordering so this woman's in her mid-30s she's she said she's not she doesn't interact with a high-risk population she was decided okay well i'll take a risk and go to the gym um, she's already flabby enough she couldn't take it <laughs> well she gets there and she says there's like over 10 people there i've never seen before and the gym is small you know it's a very small it's the size of a small apartment and a sting <laughs> they're all fbi right <laughs> pretending uh, to work yeah and they were like typical gym bros and they're grunting and using equipment and taking selfies in the mirror like flexing their triceps and it was it was bizarre but uh, the worst part she said is none of them were wear, were social distancing wearing masks or sanitizing the equipment oh they weren't doing any of that that's why they're at the speakeasy like <laughs> you know no one's going to be using a credit card at the speakeasy yeah. To pay for the gin, the bathtub gin that they made in the back. That's, That's not right. the way it works. Yeah, because when these She's markets the Yeah, so when these markets get pushed underground, the quality control tends to go down. So this means maybe, you know, in the case of drugs, you know, you might find yeah. rat poison in your weed. Um yeah. in the COVID era, it's more like these fitness environments are not going to be clean. Cause there's no, no, no they're not gonna be clean. I, I, she's probably the same kind of person though, who tries to buy cocaine with like a check. Yeah. You know, <laughs> or like tries to get change at a strip joint. It's, like, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So these you bros know? that came to her gym were from like the YMCA or Planet Fitness um, who followed the state orders to close down. And they, but they learned that this gym was open and they're like, Psst. they couldn't help it. They had to pump iron. Yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. willing to take the risk. Yeah. So, they got a competition coming up. So the longer gym shutdowns last during the COVID-19 prohibition era, the more likely people will evade them. Um, so like come this fall and winter, even though right now gyms are open, but they're going to close again. And I didn't know they were open. They're open. Yeah. They, some in New Jersey, some, they opened up in September. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't know that. I'm sure they're going to close again because, hey, there's going to be I another I think period. we're going to. I think we're going to end up with a situation where even if we have another outbreak, it's people are not going to lock down again. I don't think it's, I don't think people will do it. I think people will live with this somehow. I I can't like people were so resistant to it the first time and they, it's a little bit like smoking, right? So when we were growing up, we were, we were told not to smoke that smoking would kill you Mm -hmm. and it kills some people. 
<laughs> but obviously not enough people for people to really take it seriously. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, and we all know people who, who smoked their entire lives and then lived to a ripe old age. And then we also know people who like are already dead mm-hmm. of our cohort mm-hmm. who smoked minimally. And, you know, so it's, I, I think that I'm not saying I am happy about it, but I think I have a feeling that's what's going to happen. I think people are going to decide that the risk is worth it to, because I don't think people can make sacrifices. They can't make these sacrifices because it's that it, the delay of actually feeling symptomatic from COVID or mm-hmm. um, is too long. Like, it's not like Ebola yeah. where it's going to happen. And it's not, it doesn't, it's not it's killed a lot of people. Right. So I don't want to downplay that, but it also depends on where you are and what population you're interacting with. Yeah. So that's what they're so, doing. Oh, okay. Everything is. Yeah. It's okay here where I am. Uh, you may be in an area where people are of a certain, in a certain demographic or the air quality has always been better there. Or, you know, in the case of these um, gym rats, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that negatively. That's what the, as, gym, as the case of the gym rats. Yeah. They're probably fairly healthy and young. Yeah. And so they and not and not concerned. Yes. Yeah, they're not concerned because um, it's they feel fine. It's not gonna it's yeah, they feel fine. not gonna happen to them. But and then the the you know, the attempts by organizations and government to be like, Well, if you don't care about yourself, you should care about other people. Well, guess what? A lot of people don't give a shit about that. Yeah, they don't care about other people. And <laughs> you know, so I like that appeal. It's like, well, what about these other people? I'm like, are you kidding me? In 2020 in America, yeah. you're asking, you're appealing to someone, uh, you know, on the basis that they will care about someone else who they don't know. Yeah. So it's the thing, like the, all of this kind of like underground activity that's going on where people have underground parties or gym, go to gyms that are underground. That's what's spreading it, <laughs> basically. They, they say, so um greg my husband who sometimes sends and stuff he told me about an article he read where the majority of people who have been contracting it it's been through bars and restaurants Mm -hmm. that's the largest um you know the worst place you can possibly go and then gyms were much further down the line although it has a high transmission rate nothing so working out seems to be uh less of a risk than getting a drink at a bar well, which I thought was unfortunate because, you know, more people are going to do that. Yeah. Right? Well, it's <laughs> like the air we share. And the, I think that yeah. people spend less time at the gym than they would at a bar or a restaurant because they're going to work out. You know, most people, how long do you spend at the gym each day? You know, an hour? Yeah, like maybe, well, now because you won't be using the the sauna and all that kind of stuff, maybe an hour, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, or even 45 minutes, get in class, get yeah. out, that kind of thing. Yeah. So it, and depending on what you do, you might not be around other people. Right. And so the idea of being exposed to that viral load, that's what they're calling it. So it's the that concentration. That sounds awful. A viral load. Don't leave that here. <laughs> so it's that what's your viral load? That concentration of the virus. And so when you're at a bar or a restaurant, you're most likely drinking or taking some kind of substance. So you can't, you're there much longer. Um, and you're also not as, as fastidious about washing your hands or like touching your face. Yeah. Whereas at the gym before COVID, the gyms I was going to, we, you know, there's a policy of wiping the machine down before and after. Um, I never, I can't think of a situation when I accidentally touched someone at the gym, (laughs) you know what I mean? Or like knocked into someone at the gym. People are pretty aware of their space. I don't. I can't remember ever being breathed on or coughed on at a gym for sure. Yeah. 
Um, well, we all know that people toot a lot in the gym. Ugh. Sure, but I mean, is that COVID related? Yeah, but it's just unpleasant. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> but I feel like, yeah, in in restaurants, yes, I've had people cough on me, run into me. Yeah. You know, I'm touching things that I don't know how it's been wiped down or not. That's normal for a restaurant or a bar, but yeah. in a gym, yeah, I think people are a little more aware of. Yeah, you spend less time restaurant. there each day. And most of the gyms, the ones that you've gone to, I know the ones I do, they have filters. They have, uh, you know, air systems. They have HEPA filters. Like yeah. being clean is a part of the the whole scene there. Yeah, exactly. Nobody wants to go to a funky ass gym. Right. Right. That's why they don't smell as bad as they could because of all the air filters. But yeah. a restaurant... Ooh, we all know what a bar smells like yeah. when they open up the doors in the morning. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> it's like the mouth of hell. Yeah, <laughs> it's stale beer. Yes, oh, the worst. Oh, so what do you have? Um, I There might be life on Venus. What? Yeah, I know I said that a little bit casually, but it's exciting. Um, astronomers have discovered a rare molecule called phosphine in the clouds of Venus. On Earth, this gas is only made industrial or by microbes that live in an oxygen-free ah. environment. And they have been speculating that the clouds of Venus could have could be a home for microbes. But they're not sure because we just don't understand. You know, when you're talking about another planet, everything is different. Yeah. So they said when they when we first got when we got the first hints of phosphine in the Venus spectrum, it was a shock. Says team leader. Jane Greaves, I just like that name. She was the first to spot it through a telescope and was an international team that estimates that the phosphine exists in the clouds at a small concentration, but they don't, they can't figure out where it could have come from or how it's even surviving because apparently the clouds of Venus are acid. Oh, okay. And on earth, this phos, uh, microbes like these can't survive in 5% acid or 10% acid. And it's all so, acid. Yeah. And it's pretty much all acid. So they're trying to figure out where it came from. They think maybe it could have come from the sun, minerals blown up from the surface, volcanoes, no. lightning. Oh, but they're saying that's still not enough on the planet don't, to create this phosphorus. Don't blame the sun. Venus is way <laughs> over there. I mean, any kind of microbe from the sun would have ended up here first, you know? Well, that's what they're saying. They're like, these were the ideas, but now they're kind of poo-pooing it. Yeah. Um, and even if these were where these where the phosphine came from, there's just not enough of this phenomena to have created it. It says to create the observed quantity of phosphine, terrestrial organisms would need to work at 10 percent of their maximum productivity. Um, and that's just not possible, apparently. No, so, most likely it was a meteor coming from someplace else. Uh, well, I, I have a planet I have, somewhere with these microbes. I mean, my theory on this is, is that, you know, everything is everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so for us, it seems like Venus is very far away, but maybe it isn't in the grand scheme of things. So it's like being upset. I'm like, I, I can't believe a, a crumb of food from the kitchen is now all the way in the living room. How did that you get know? here? Yeah. Because these things are near one another. They, it doesn't seem near to me, but maybe it is near. But I like the, they want to figure this out um, because it will give them clues to whether or not there's some kind of life or the life in the way that we understand yeah. it on Venus. 
Um, the research paper is called Phosphine Gas in the Cloud Decks of Venus. <laughs> and it's in Nature Astronomy. But there's another paper that this same team wrote called The Venusian Lower Atmosphere Haze is a Depot for Desiccated Microbial Life, colon, a proposed life cycle for persistence of the Venusian aerial biosphere. I love a colon and a title. You know you do. Offsetting <laughs> the title from the sub uh, the subcategory there. Yes. So yeah, they they are thinking that there might be um, there's this might be evidence of life. I don't know if they're saying that life was there and it petered out, or there's going to be life there. But we found some something that we think this rare molecule, the phosphine in the clouds that um, might be some form of extraterrestrial aerial life. That's a I would say don't, don't breathe it. Yeah. Like, leave it alone. There was a popular book. Uh, men are from Mars. Women are from Venus. Oh, that's right. Yes. The Martians and the Venusians. Yeah. I was just talking about uh, the difference between men and women. Um, but wouldn't it be something if there really was, women from venus <laughs> yes i would like to talk to these women yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like you know if there are women on venus first of all they're keeping it on the low yeah <laughs> <laughs> what if they're keeping it on the low what if the gas was just like a big smoke screen <laughs> yeah i mean i i like that idea that they're like oh god damn it they got into the cloud what next yeah we gotta they'll be at the mall next acid, you know what i mean the acid yeah. uh surface thing that they have there going on uh but that's yeah. interesting so venus, yeah, yeah. i mean obviously we won't live long enough to unless something dramatic happens and by that i mean you know both of us are cursed with unnaturally long life or <laughs> everlasting life I don't think we'll be able to to know much more about the planets in our solar system. Well, you know what? It's 2020. In our lifetime. It's 2020. Anything can happen at this point. That's right. You're right. Any shit can happen. So, <laughs> if The next article could be like, you know, car park found on Venus. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Venusian women. All right. What do you have? I have... Uh, um transparent public toilets yes okay yes but in what part of the toilet is transparent the whole room okay so basically imagine okay. if you will and this is this is going on in tokyo now um they're uh, unveiling public toilets that are completely transparent so you're walking you're you're in the park say um and you come across this giant glass cube that you could see through and you see it, there's a toilet in there a sink um, you know, whatever paper towels, what you would find in a bathroom, but it's totally clear. Okay. So the thing is, um, the walls are see-through, but when you go in and lock the door, a fog comes through the glass panes and makes I'm it. Sorry. Really, yeah. And makes it. The fog, the room fills with fog no, or the, the glass becomes opaque. The glass becomes opaque. So like there's, okay. there's two layers of glass. So in between there is a fog that is released. So it becomes opaque. So you can't see it. I hope that always works. I hope it always works. I hope it doesn't start to fill. Someone takes a seat and then, you know, it doesn't go all the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're just kind of there. So not only that, they, they turn like a, um, a powdery pastel shade. So it's like a pastel yellow or orange or lavender. Based on what's happening inside. <laughs> no. It's like, you need to drink more water, my friend. Well, the thing, it was orange. 
but it's it's good because there are two things that we worry about when we're entering a public restroom. Um, yes. The first is cleanliness, and the second is who's in there already. Yes. So transparent walls can address both of these worries. So showing people what awaits them inside, and after the user um, uses the restroom and unlocks the door, the powder, you know, uh, sorry. And when the user goes in and locks the door, the powdery, um, the room's walls turn a power, that powdery pastel shade. And when they unlock the door, it goes away. And so the next person can check to see what's going on. Um, so I've, I've seen this, something similar to this before a couple of years ago when Greg and I were in Vienna, I think on a layover, mm -hmm. there was a very, traditional kind of coffee house cafe and the bathroom had that kind of door. Yes. I, and I, I liked it, but I was confused at first. Yes. They had that too. There's a bar in New York that has it. So back in the, and it was, oh gosh, back in the nineties, we went to the bar specifically so we could use this bathroom and have this experience. But it, that was we, the one where you could see out, right? And no, but people couldn't see in. Right. And yeah. it was just, you go into the restroom and it was just the stall door that turned colors. It wasn't the whole yeah. restroom. Yeah. 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 I, 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 there's either I've been to that bar or the, there's a restaurant that has a very, the very same thing. Maybe that restaurant took over for the bar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I thought it was a cool idea because you're, but it's a little unnerving at first, but then you're like, Hey, wait a minute. I can see but no one can see me. Yeah, it is. It's definitely as at first you're like, whoa. And then you're at ease when you realize if somebody else does it before you and goes in you realize nobody can see yeah. you go in, you can just, it's okay. I think I did like a little time step in there just to make sure no one can see me. Like I'll yeah. dance around a bit. <laughs> no one cares. looks good. All right. I can pee. Yeah. Uh, so I like that idea. In America, we you know we can't even use a bathroom. Forget about like public toilets being well designed. We don't even have public toilets. Oh, I know. But this would solve a lot of problems if we could put these around New York City. That would solve a lot because I, I agree. Who's in there? You could see how clean it is. Yeah. Um, but we live in urine town, so yeah. You know, it's a weird thing. Like the more I travel, I'm sure you see it too. This is the hardest country on earth to use a public toilet oh, or yeah. to find a toilet. You, many countries you go and, oh, can I use your bathroom? They're like, of course. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, pee on the street. Yeah. Pee yourself. Or you have you to know. go somewhere and you have to buy something in order to use their mm -hmm. bathroom. Yeah. And yet no one seems to have come up with just nice pay toilets. If, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to buy a cup of coffee. I just want to use a bathroom. Right. <laughs> like, can I just pay for that? No. I have to get a 350 coffee. Yeah. Bizarre. So I've got a little piece of science news oh. here as well. Um, in um, a gentleman or a, let me just say, a person called Ya Yang of the Beijing Institute of Nano Energy and Nano Systems, the Chinese Academy has invented a tiny, tiny wind turbine that can get energy from breezes generated by someone walking briskly. Wow. Yeah. So it's made of two plastic strips in a tube that flutter and clap together when there's an airflow. And if you put it on a person and they can, and they walk uh, 3.6 miles per hour, it, it can collect energy. Okay, 3.6 miles per hour. So that's not very fast. It's a brisk walk. It's a brisk walk. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, um, okay. So that's, you says you can collect all the breeze in your everyday life, says Ya Yang. <laughs> we once placed our nano generator on a person's arm and a swinging arm airflow was enough to generate power. So this person wasn't even walking briskly. It was just swinging. Just they were just swinging their arms, arms. right? Okay. And they managed to harvest some energy from this person. So how much energy, do, what does that translate to? So if you're walking for an hour, say, or if you're swinging well, your arm for an hour. So this is just their test. Their, their goal is not to um, work that small. I think they just wanted to see how small they could, could work. Okay. So they, in the past, they made a wind turbine uh, engine, mm-hmm. wind turbine engine that was as small as a coin. What? And they want to make it even smaller. So the idea is they want to put them on things like a phone so that a phone could generate its own power if you're moving. So like if your phone's running out, just hoof it. If, you're, if your battery's running dead, you can just hoof it and it will charge itself mm-hmm. because there'll be a tiny wind turbine engine on it that will harvest the breeze from your brisk walk. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. That really is. And so uh, Yang says we can place these devices where traditional wind turbines can't reach. Uh, you could put them in the mountains or on the top of tall buildings. So they don't have the gigantic, um, like a rotary fan. They don't have that gigantic piece on them. And that's sometimes, um, well, a lot of people don't like the way that it looks, but it takes up a lot of space. Yeah, This is more like a tube. Yeah, it takes up space and people say it ruins the view, but it's like, yeah. you know what? So does, so, does, so does petroleum products. I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> like, it ruins the view. Yeah, you just got to be happy about it. Be like, look, it's totally making clean energy right here. I, I mean, well, like, look the other way. Are you surrounded by them? Are they circling you? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a lot of things that I don't like the way that they look, like nuclear power plants. Yeah. Um, but they're there. So yeah, this is. I thought it was pretty cool. It's a low cost, efficient way of collecting a light breeze as a micro energy source. I think it would be great if I could create my own energy yeah right i mean boy if you could take that and capture it and harness it and i don't know charge your phone light your your home as usual i fear it ends up like the matrix where i'm like strapped these things are strapped to me and i'm forced to run yeah through a wind tunnel that's gonna be people's jobs at some point just running just like going to a place and getting on a treadmill and generating energy Maybe instead of paying gym fees, we could just generate energy at the gym. Sell that back. Yeah. Or you could just put it on disorganized people, people who run around a lot and not get anything done. Yeah. This way they could be getting something done. Yeah. They're saving the environment with their lack of organization. Right. Yeah. Keep, yeah. Just be the maniac that you are. And uh... it's just, just shuttling back and forth. <laughs> Go in a circle if you want. Doesn't matter as long as it's brisk. As long as it's more than 3.6 miles per hour, we're good. You're swinging your arms. They say the best, um, the nano generator performs best when the wind velocity is from 9 to 18 miles per hour. That's pretty fast. That's, yeah. You're not getting that's that from That's too me. fast. That's like a Usain Bolt, you know? Yeah. Speed. From, from us, it would probably just be the, the regular 3.6. Well, then maybe we should think about that with um, Olympic um, athletes when, when they're training. Why don't we strap yeah, these guys? Put that training to use, right? And then they can sell that that power, and then they can pay for. They can use the money to pay for their training. 
They could, yeah, they could make their way to the Olympics yeah. by generating their own power. Yeah, exactly. I, we have a million ideas. Elon Musk, yeah. you need to like contact us and uh, yeah. give us a few projects to work on. And we can, uh, honestly, we could put these things together: advice on advice, this tiny nano generator, mm-hmm. um, penis news. I mean, it's all here. Is what I'm saying. Yes. Thank you for listening to Hey You Know It. Stay in touch with us during the week. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Tumblr. Go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. We'll read it on an upcoming show regardless of content. As always, we love your emails. Send us an email at heyyouknowit at gmail.com with your comments, questions, and segment ideas. Emails will also be read on upcoming shows. Please tell your friends about us because you know we don't advertise. And let them know we can be found on iTunes at stitcher.com and at heyyouknowit.com. Thanks. Thanks.